recorded live at the Hawk's Nest on the Summit in Pataskala, Ohio. This is Garage Days, underproduced and over the top. I'm your host, Arch Madness. I uh, want to start off by saying, you know, thanks for all the support and the, the downloads when it comes to these first 10 episodes of Garage Days. Uh, you seem to really be enjoying the underproduced part of, of these shows. Uh, the planes, the trains, motorcycles, lawnmowers, cat sounds, beer cans. Mike from the Thurman Cafe honking his horn when he drives by. That was a lot of fun last week. Uh, this show, it's got it all. If you have a comment, you want to talk about the show, you want to talk about Garage Days, you can reach me at Archie at QFM96.com. That's Archie at QFM96.com. And joining me in the hawk's nest for today's episode, he's the opposite of underproduced. I mean, he has produced so much. Uh, he's a member of the band Snowblind, Cattail Brew. There's a couple of other bands I want to talk to you about as well. Uh, he is an audio engineer with more than 30 years of experience in the industry. And by the industry, I do mean the business. And he is, he's worked with some heavyweights. My main man from the Sonic Lounge studio, Joe Veers. What's happening, Joe? How you doing, buddy? I'm Thank good. Thank you so much for inviting me over here. This is incredible. Do you, do you dig the Hawks Hell Nest? Hell yeah. Right? This is, uh, and uh, Flight Pattern Bob, you've already been introduced to Flight Pattern yes. Bob. He built this during the, uh, the lockdown, built this bar. I was like, man, we should have, gar-. he built another one for our buddy Dave, and we have like garage bars. So we just kind of awesome. hang out in our garages and, and drink and watch hockey. And that's yeah. kind of what we do, Flight Pattern, isn't it? Yes, sir. Okay. So, uh, Joe, how are you, man? I mean, it's been a I'm while. Doing good, man. Uh, thanks again, and it's been almost this long. Now, I have seen you uh, perform since we did the uh, the Pantera Al Rosa right. episode, but I uh, appreciate your help with that. Oh yeah, and, that was awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, that man. thing came out great. It was yeah, it was uh, it was great to listen to the whole thing and hear everybody else's take on take just and stuff. perspective. And yeah, man, it was great. Rick Soga was unbelievable. He was and. I, I do later on in this conversation, I hope we do kind of come back to Terry Date regardless. Yeah, for right? sure. Right, just when we're talking about guys that we dig and their sound mm-hmm. and, and, and all that sure. stuff. So let, let's start with the band situation. Okay. So we'll go, uh, let's go, I introduced uh, Snowblind first. So mm-hmm. Snowblind, now that hasn't, that might, is that done or what are we looking uh, at? I don't, I don't want to say done. I don't think that band will ever be done, but we're not really actively pursuing anything right now. Okay. Everybody's got other stuff going on. Uh kids and careers and whatever life man. life yeah. yeah and the pandemic just sort of shut it down um which sucked but out of that we have a new version of the cattail brew with brad from snowblind singing i really and we'll talk about the hometown album and all that but everything i've heard from cattail brew i really really dig cool yeah really do now now i have the first one now that had finn on it right from from wasted yes so, and he's over in Europe, yeah. right? So he's in the UK. So that's, I'm assuming that's why yeah, we, we had just this got transition really difficult okay. and every, you know, and he, he got to the point where he just kind of decided that it was too difficult for him to get back and forth. And it was hard to getting gigs was difficult. Everything was hard. So, and he was giving up a lot of money cause he does a lot of stuff over there. And so and it's successful with the Rod Stewart. Very much so. Tribute, Very which is so. really, yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing to think that that's Finn from Wasted. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, doing we, a Rod Stewart yeah. tribute, but we talk not? every couple of weeks and uh, he's doing well. Cool. Doing good. Super cool guy. Yeah, Super awesome. cool guy. Love when I've, when I've had a chance to yeah. meet him, uh, I do hear a plane I coming over flight pattern. Bob, you got a read on that one or American, American Eagle out of Dallas. There are 85 people on there. How many hot chicks? Four cowgirls. 
four cowgirls that are on there, Joe Fears. You you digging the, you got uh, the, the flight you got pattern the manifest bomb? over there? I'm telling you, it is. <laughs> we said it's a very, last week we were talking about this, it's a very right. thorough app. It really is. Whatever uh, flight pattern Bob uses, uh, don't give up your secret, though. Cattail Brew, uh, back to that. And I liked everything I've heard. Like I said, the, cool, the early stuff with Finn, the stuff now, the stuff that's going to be on the Hometown album. I just, yep. I think it's great, man. Yeah, we so, got another song that um, we're going to put out here in the next couple days. It's called Disarmed, and it's uh, it's a little more aggressive, rocking type stuff. But there's a cool uh, lyric video being made for it. It should be up on the internet here, hopefully by love the end those. of the week. I yeah. love those, and you see how we do that here in the Hawks Nest. There's a lot of YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the way. You know, that's how I discover new music, and then I'll go out and purchase like the whole. I've I've done where I've I've bought vinyl, I've done digital. And I, you know what I mean? If, if you like the music and are exposed to the music, I think you'll you'll get out and you'll buy it. I truly believe right, that. Yeah. So if you really and touch people, I mean, I think it works that way. Boy, the vinyl has been an amazing nuts. reinvigoration of record sales. We it's went incredible. to uh, Musical, right? Musical. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and got that tour today. <laughs> and it Did you was... you get to meet uh, Warren? Obviously, Warren, yeah. studio. And his, his, dad, pa- his, dad, his dad cut... His dad actually... Did this? Yeah. Did you meet John? Yeah, he was amazing. Badass. And the history, and he had done the first nine QFM hometown albums. That dude's a legend. Yeah, but but to look, and they were telling the history, and then we went to the recording studio, and that was really cool. And you know, you know, the history there with Rosie and some of the other amazing bands that have come through there. Done a bunch of records in there. And but but to see how they they cut them and the Mm -hmm. pressing is. So I'm looking at the uh, stash of the, uh, and these are records they're working on currently, but it's the the stick, you know, the sticker that goes in the middle of the the label, mm-hmm. right? I saw a Slayer album. And they're, they're cutting a Slayer record. They're in there? cutting a Slayer record over oh. there. I saw Deicide, and then I was like, Dope. oh look, I was like looking at all. I was like, oh, you got some death metal. You got, you know, there was some blues artists. And then I look, and you, there's no denying when you see the Slayer logo. And I was like, oh, my God, dude. So there was a correlation what, with Cleveland. What, what is some, it? I couldn't get close enough to, I didn't want to, like, I wasn't touching anything. Right. So I, I, I wanted to get that. I didn't have my glasses on, too, Joe. Shit. Right? <laughs> didn't have my glasses on. But I, I, I was trying to see what it was, and I, I couldn't make it out. I couldn't make it out. But it was. I was like, holy shit, man, there's, mm-hmm. there's some Slayer vinyl being made there. It just blows my mind. I think people would really lose their shit if they knew what is what a gem that is yeah. and the history like i think actually once i left there today mike dorsey and myself were like we need to go back and record something sure there we, we sure. really we yeah. really need to go back there and, and and record something for for that because that was the first place that i ever recorded anything in my whole life my band won a, a like a battle of the bands and you got to record and your... we won recording time there. And that's that was my first like exposure to a recording studio. And it and it just lit me on fire. So let's and once again, this place is called Musical and it has been there mm. forever. Yeah, since uh, the sixties. Yeah, has I mean, it been there since he, the 60s? He, they talked he was throwing the sixties out there. And here's the thing they have this pizza oven. Okay, they have a pizza oven there. And they've had that for over 50 years, and that's how they keep the moisture off the labels. And it has been running that entire time, except for when there was power outages going around town or mm-hmm. what that part of the neighborhood or whatever. 
But that's that Crazy. has been running. That pizza oven has been run, that just blew the my place mind. Is a, is a, is a is history, man. So let's uh, speaking of studios. Yeah, Sonic Lounge. Sonic Lounge. Let's uh, let's let's. How long have you how long have you been there? Because when I first met you, you were with Schwabi and doing right. You were there. So mm-hmm. uh, like, when did Sonic Lounge? And we've discussed this before, but I, I would like to document it. I sure. mean, when did it when did it start? Uh, I got the building in the middle of September two thousand seven. Gutted it with my business partner Barry Dameron, drummer of Snowblind. Right, and uh, we got the place together and everything going in the middle of January. And then a Columbus band called red wanting blue familiar oh, with a them? little bit. Yeah, yeah, man. I did a few records with them and then they came in and did a record with this guy named, um, Jamie Candeloro, who's produced, uh, Ryan Anna Adams and Willie Nelson. He did, um, what was the huge REM record? Oh, uh, green. Yeah. It might've been green or One I mean, that them. was anyway. Yeah. He did a couple REM records, the big ones. He's done all kinds of stuff. Really cool dude. Uh, he produced it and they would come in at like four or five in the afternoon and work until four or five in the morning and then leave us a list of stuff and said, it would be really cool if, you know, we had this or whatever. And then we'd go in there and for 12 hours and you just, you were talking about a studio. You had a long day today, right? Yeah, I mean, every day is long. I was going to say, when man. you're doing something you love, it's okay. It's not really. And it's uh, absolutely gorgeous. Thing. We were watching before, you know, I always like to throw some videos on here in the Hawks Nest and just kind of, as the kids say, as my boys say, vibe out before uh, before we start recording. And we were watching the uh, South of Eden uh, show me how to live. It was the, right. the you know, they yeah. did the Audio Slave song and mm-hmm. they did that at Sonic, right? So, right. I mean, that was, yeah. but it was cool how it was shot. You pretty, it sounds amazing. Thank you. It, um, it's live. It's just I mean, a gorgeous, it's, it's, just a gorgeous essentially setting. Essentially, it's them. When you when you, you built know? this place, is that the vibe you were going for? I mean, I, did, did you want like this? Chi- I mean, it just looks like a recording studio that I would have seen back in the day. It was like, oh my god, I would the love to hang out there. The goal was to try to make it like the nicest home studio you've ever been in in your life. And when you when you go there, there's no signs. There's no you have no idea what the building is. And when you get inside, it's just it's like a house, and it's equipped like it's a world class. Room. So the QFM ninety six hometown album volume ten is is being you know recorded there. These bands mm-hmm. have been coming in, and it's actually I've just got the test pressing. That's why I was at musical and stuff. And um, thank you for for being oh, a man. part of that. Thank you it's, guys. It's thanks for asking me. It yeah, it's uh, an honor. I mean to think about what that record meant for so many people. You know the yeah. first nine. I, I bought several of those when I moved to Columbus, when they were being made, that's how I got exposed to Columbus. So those local bands, bands. Those, yeah. bands. Absolutely. those bands. Yeah. So how did you approach it as a, as an engineer, as a producer, as when, when these guys came in and, and this is a different, I mean, there's a lot of, these are just, you know, these are guys who might not write songs for, these are, you know, they're in cover bands or whatever mm-hmm. the reason is. Uh, but it seemed like everybody was energized because this is what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, you want to record, you want to write your own song, you want to record it. And, and it's the I whole experience. Like all four of your house bands yeah. did an incredible job. 
the songs that they put together, mm-hmm. I think, are all really cool. I can't wait. Um, Cannot wait for this thing to, to yeah. later this summer. And it's going to be super exciting. Well, do you guys know what's the, do you have a release date yet? No, no. I know it's going to be later in the summer. Okay, and cool. I, you know, and, and Dorsey has just been busting his ass. Yeah. And I know you have as oh, yeah. well. He and I have been working together yeah. back and forth. And, and what a, huh? And I talk about him all the time on here. Yeah. What a great, is that? He's awesome. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I, he's, on, he's going to be one of the, he's one of the best young programmers in the he's country. Great. And yeah. it's just, and the vision the kid has, and I say kid, shit, he's, you know, he's almost 40, but I bet, you know, he's, he, he it's just awesome. He, he's, it's awesome. Yeah. He's great. So, yeah. so I'm excited about that. Now back in the day. All right. Let's, let's, let's talk about some of it. Cause this is, we touched on it when we were talking about Pantera, a lot of the stuff was off the air, but just, you know, over the years, just talking to you, Joe, I would love to kind of share some of the, the, the people that you have worked with. And this is something different. I mean, I have musicians, and, and you are a musician in your own right, but uh, to have somebody on the other side of that glass window there in the, in the studio is, is kind of cool, and it's not something we really get to talk about very right. often. So yeah. uh, how did, first off, before we get to some of the artists that you work with, I mean, how did you approach like these bands? I guess my, my vibe was, I mean, do you... Do you sit back? I don't know what it's like. I mean, I've seen you work with American Dog back in the day and all that stuff. I was I was there, and it was cool to see how that went back and forth recording. But I'm just curious, what approach do you have? Or do you have a different approach with a different band? It just depends on right. what it is and what the purpose of the track is. But for the these hometown album songs, I approach it like I would approach working with any other original band where I kind of let them take it. Right, that's off what and do their thing, okay. and then when it's when I feel like it's sliding in a direction where it shouldn't go, I try to I rein them back in and pull them back towards the center. Okay, I mean my my guy is Rick Rubin, his style of just letting bands be themselves. Themselves, I feel like one of the things for me that's missing in a lot of modern music is it feels somewhat homogenized a lot of times especially sonically like it feels like everybody's using the same sound libraries for like drum samples and all this other stuff wow. and i try to let right like you know and you listen to the radio like some of the modern stuff and it's like what they all the bands sound the same it's all like it feels it very cookie it cutter. does it does and when the stuff we grew up on was not that way the second you heard somebody open their mouth or you heard a guy play drums you knew who it was like That's, when you heard Vinnie Paul play drums, you knew it was Pantera. You knew, you knew it was when Pantera. When you heard John Bonham play drums, you knew it was Led Zeppelin. Right. I mean, it, it's you can cite examples of guitar sounds, vocalists, whatever. And you don't want to change what drew them to this spot. It, right. I, I, and, and this is crazy. And to throw in a baseball analogy, I send uh, my my boys down. Uh, a buddy of mine is a he's a high school baseball coach, and uh, he was working on their hitting here in the off season. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, because you always just hear, you know, do this, elbow up, dab down, you know. And he didn't change anything with their swings. He's like, look, you don't, everybody's swing is different. And there's, I've never seen it. He goes, I, I don't want them to overthink it. And then he just tweaked things. It almost sounds exactly what, what you're yeah, talking about is like totally. an engineer and a producer standpoint where he's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach them things that will help them make contact but do it with what they feel comfortable comfort. with and their swing and their comfort. And it's, you, you know, it's, I just, I was like, wow, I never really even heard anybody approach it that way from a baseball perspective. And, yeah. and I think I that mean, would, if, a, if a musician is uncomfortable, right? you're not going to get a performance that's worth anything. So that was the whole, 
the whole back to the Sonic Lounge, the right. whole concept there was to make this studio that felt like very much like a home studio. It's not corporate at all. It's right. beautiful and it's everything like that, but it's very vibey and it's it yeah. feels very good when you're in there and, and it's a very low pressure environment and it's the biggest thing that I try to do when I work with bands is just make them feel comfortable. Make them feel like it doesn't matter. They can make as many mistakes as they want. They can do whatever. Sometimes mistakes are cool. It's like, whatever, just just do what you do. As a rock fan, some of my favorite things, and I don't think they've been done enough. I know a year and a half with Metallica was really cool about letting you behind or letting mm-hmm. you see in the studio. I'm, I love, as a rock fan, seeing that. Sure. I love I love seeing the old pictures, you know whether it's George Martin and and you know and Paul and John like leaning over him or or, or, or anything you know you talk about the Stones and the, and the producers they worked with, but it just I love seeing that creative process. You know that that year and a, a half uh, in the life of Metallica it's was one of that the was, coolest music dude, documentaries ever, ever. And to watch that being created and from i mean you talk warts and all man mm-hmm. but i love i love seeing that and it's just i just think it's so cool because it's something as rock fans you don't really that's something you don't have access to yep. and it's kind of cool you're watching conception happen as far as as far like, as music yeah you know you break down how many minutes of music are on this record and then you like how many hours or days went into every minute right of music that's there and you see one of the scenes from that Metallica documentary that always comes back to me is Lars playing drums and getting so frustrated. He stabs his stabs drumstick right through the, the snare drum because yeah. he's so pissed off because he can't play what he wants to play. He's trying to get over the, over the, the edge to just be able to do it and make it feel right. And I mean, struggling. the way he would just look at, you know, and everybody wants to mock Lars all the, all they want. I, I'm a Lars. I, I'm a, I was a Lars guy in high school, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I own it. I, I don't care. I, but I like, the way he marketed and PR'd the band. I mean, no one, you know, you can bash on his drumming all you want, but as a guy with a vision and the way that he sold the band and the way he presented himself to the media and stuff, it was, he was, I, I, I fucking thought it was awesome. He was when I was growing up on the Napster you, thing too. Yeah, he? he was. Yeah, he was. And he was right. <laughs> yes, he was. He was right. hundred percent. You know, we could bitch all we wanted. And he got that, ripped for it, but, but I, I look I, at it now and all these artists that can't make any money are, he was correct. But you look at the the way, and I guess my original point was where he, like, over the top uh, OCD. I mean, it, the way he was marking his, his drum tracks and stuff. I was like, holy shit, like, everything. I mean, it was the most meticulous thing I'd ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah, look, Joe Veers wants to know. He wants to know Flight Pattern Bob. Got to have the info. It's a Delta Airlines out of Atlanta. It's a Delta Airlines out of Atlanta, Joe. 180 uh, folks on there. How many hot chicks from Atlanta? Oh, it's a hot chicken. She. This app is the most thorough. It's app. incredible. It's amazing. Let's talk about some of the people you've worked with. Okay. All right. Let's get to the. Let's have some fun with this because there's a couple that I want to ask you about that I don't remember if somebody else told me or if we talked about it. If I was kind of hanging out behind you there at the uh, at the you know at the old Schwab Studios and stuff. Um, did did. Did Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley come through once? Yes. Yeah, so okay. Okay. This is, yes. Again, Thank God. And that wasn't yeah, high. Really, really early all right. on. All right. Perfect. Unfortunately, maybe you weren't. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Stick around. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't mean to sidetrack us there. Go ahead, Joe. But yes. Who I worked, was it? I worked at a studio that was attached to a record label. 
It was in Columbus. It was called Sasapa Record Company. It had a studio, and it was down on Mount Vernon Avenue, right on Columbus State's campus. Gotcha. And a lot of stuff came through there, and Kiss was coming through town, and they had a couple days off, and we recorded a bunch of vocals. Okay. And it was what year would this have been? Hot Man. in the shade. Hot in the shade. Holy shit. Yeah. So was it was it Paul Gene? Who all was who? everybody? Eric Carr was Eric the Carr nicest was guy there. you've ever met in your life. Dude, I was sitting on the legend. couch, just hanging out, and he walked in the room and he goes, "Hey man, my name's Eric. What's your name?" Like so unassuming, like the nicest dude ever. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I, I know who you are." And I'm like, "My name's Joe." And he's we sat there and talked, and he, it was super cool. Okay, Paul Stanley. Now, who I regard as one of the best front men in rock. Okay, all right. But, but, hard to argue with that. But, but he still had his chops at that point. I contend really through the 80s, I loved his voice almost more than I did in the the 70s. I thought in the 80s, his voice was really, really strong. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm assuming he still got it. And really, yeah, okay. That was my question. I mean, just what was that like? He's an unbelievable singer, too. That dude could sing like crazy. And, don't at me, but I already gave my email out. I, he kind of took over Black Diamond as live, mm-hmm. I, I thought. Which, you know, you know what those guys were like. I mean, Peter, Peter and Chris, Ace. Peter they Chris were, was my favorite they were, they were Kiss, Yeah, I mean, they were like these superheroes. Yeah. But for Eric Carr live to do Black Diamond the way he did Killer and singer. owned it. Mm-hmm. Owned it. He took it from him. Yeah, and was a fantastic drummer, too. Yeah, I mean, just a thunderous group. sound. It was yep. a totally different, totally awesome. different vibe. Okay, and then Gene was a dick. I'm assuming, of course. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, we can tell. I'll tell right. you that story after we're yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we won't. I, yeah, that's that's for uh, yeah, yeah. We won't. I won't throw yeah. you down there. So let's uh, let's let's talk about this. Slash is that another name that I had heard? Did no, Slash? I never okay, did that. was it nope. Izzy? Was it somebody from Guns and Roses? Mm-mm. Okay, so I'm one for two. Okay, as far as guys that I've heard have have. Come into your, uh, what shall I say, your space as far as engineering right. and, and producing. All right, so throw another one at me. Uh, Those sli- were the two Slim big ones. Dunlap I- from the Replacements. Sticks, worked with them. Did two records with the Marshall Tucker Band. Um, Crazy Horse, Neil Young's band. Did stuff with Blackfoot. Did a bunch of stuff with them. Ted Nugent. What um, Nugent did you do, man? The EP that he did that had the Fred Bear, the Fred Bear EP. Fred Bear is kind of a staple here in the Hawk's Nest. Cool. We love that song. Um, isn't it crazy how he was able to come up with that in the 90s? And and really, yeah. that's a song that the fans clamor for as much as they, you know, not to sound sacrilege here, but go see Ted now, you, you'd be as pissed. It'd be like him not doing Stranglehold if you didn't hear Fred Bear. It, right. It, it was pretty amazing that he was able. So what was that like? Really can cool. You, can we talk about that sure. now? Sure, yeah. He's... Is he cool? He's very cool. He's a really interesting dude. He's really tall. Most people don't realize how tall he is. He's like really? six foot six. Really? So my first in boots impression of Ted Nugent is this. He walks in the building. He's super tall. I'm like, holy shit, this dude's really tall. He walks in the control room, pulls a 45 out of the back of his pants, unloads it lays it on the console no (laughs) he's like where's the guitar amps i'm like oh we're out here so he comes out i had a bunch of amps lined up in the room for him to try to see what he wanted to use and there was i don't know five or six you know 412 cabinets with different marshall heads on top of them 
And he straps on his Holy guitar, shit, starts man. plugging into amps, and there's one, and it's making noise and stuff. And it's, like, crackling and whatever. And this dude lifts his leg up, and with the back of his boot, bam, right on the top of the amp, cracks it as hard. Like, lift his, like, right. high kicks it. And it comes back on. <laughs> All right, we talk about we talk you know <laughs> we talk about Eric, and roll we talk we talk about Eric Carr we talk about Paul Stanley but to hear Ted playing guitar oh, in man. that setting what what's talk it just he for, told folks, everybody we don't live in that world it was like a joke it was kind of a team effort between everybody that was working there I wasn't really I was kind of the assistant guy at that point but he told all of us like if you're sitting there and you're running the tape machine hit record because Chances are the first thing that I play is going to be the thing we keep because I have no idea what I'm doing. And that's what he, he told yeah. you guys that. He's like, I, every single time I'm playing, I have it's 100% improvised. I have no idea what I'm going to play. Holy cow. He's like, if I have to do it two or three times, it'll just get worse every time because I'll start thinking about it. They were back to the thinking thing. It's bad. Right. You don't want to think. He didn't want to. And it, he was correct. Like, literally, almost everything was first or second take. take. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's from, a badass. From from Ted Nugent to Twenty One Pilots, yeah, right? That isn't was that, really isn't cool. that isn't that uh, the thing is with the Twenty One Pilots? You you and Sonic Lounge is uh, is listed as far as blurry faces like doing stuff mm-hmm. off. I mean, and that was I mean that was huge. That was a that was a huge Amazing. record in, yeah. in, in pop music. Yep. Uh, and what was how was that? That I was mean, great. I, they were cool dudes, man. They oh, they came through cool. uh, to our. Uh, uh oh, flight pattern, got, Bob. What do we got? Chicago Midway, Southwest, Southwest from Chicago. All 160, they're all businessmen. All hundred, yeah, 160. They're all it's all it's work related, Joe. So there's no no babes on that one. So the 21 Pilot dudes, but I remember when they were doing the uh, the small venue, the medium venue, the big venue. Mm-hmm. The, you know when they were doing that whole thing and sold everything out, and uh, and they came through the the station at one of our one of my sister stations. And they, they couldn't have been any cooler. Oh, they're I, super nice. Yeah, it's, and it's just, I, I I get it. I was like, wow, man, yeah. that's kind of cool to... It, dude, if you're from Ohio, if you're a Columbus group, I mean, I just want them to succeed more than anybody. <laughs> that's why I pull for your boys band, either Lovesick or, or uh-huh. you know, the South, South Bean boys. Guys, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, um, yeah, the, the um, 21 Pilots dudes are super cool. I, we used to have them open for Snowblind. <laughs> Holy because, cow, your band. Yeah, because they would bring a ton of people. Mm-hmm. Like when they were in high school and they were playing, they would, I mean, there's just 300 people would show up. So it's like, hey, let's book the Newport and we'll get four bands. Let's get 21 pilots. Well, you have a, you have a finger on, on the pulse here. I mean, we're, we're talking about some of these bands. I mean, if, if rock could have uh, what we all think is, is happening right now, I mean, why why not us, right? Why sure. not this area? Why oh, not man. this group? It just seems like there's a lot of young, talented rock music. Rock, and I say rock. So many. So many. I see them. They come through the studio, and it's like, holy crap. There's so many talented bands. If you just took a, a compass and drew a 60-mile circle around Columbus and and – all the talent that's here and the bands that are here and the songs that are being written, it's done. It's crazy. I say this all the time, Joe. I just, there's a difference with Midwestern rock sounds different. Totally. Right. Flyover yeah. States make a different, there's a different type of music for, mm-hmm. for, for guys and gals who are, are young and passionate with music and, 
It's just it's different in this area, I think, and I and it's it seems like, you know, as a as an engineer over there and a producer over there and a, and a rock DJ over here, I'm excited with because it's it's almost like the music we have, Joe. I mean, it sounds more like what we grew up. Who's that? Marty from the Lonely Ones. Oh my goodness! It just never <laughs> stops with you, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've liked everything they've they. There's a killer band, right? right? There. And how they've been able to... Careful, that's a trash can. You don't want to do that. Put it up on this... Uh, it's making noise. Yeah, right there. That should that should uh, yeah. mute that. What do you got, Flight Pattern Bob? Uh, out of Chicago, only 36 people. 36 people out of Chicago. Oh, my goodness. There's a fuel situation there. That app. Good thing they're about to land. No kidding. <laughs> I'm glad they're here. I'm glad they're here. <laughs> You know, and you're throwing all these 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 bands and these cats out. I mean, but there is there is a little bit of a, a movement here. And don't you feel like? And I told Chad Stewart this. It feels like whether you're an old band, a young band, everyone's clamored at the at the starting line for for when we're allowed to do live music. Yeah, that's the and crazy it's thing, it's, right? it's happening right now. So it's yeah. like there's going to be so many options. And it just think I feel this is where live rock can can flourish. I think it's going to. I agree. Yeah. This might be isn't that crazy, and it's for sure. And it's been, dude. It's been too long. Everybody's ready to go back and see shows again. Yeah. Like I think before the pandemic, people were a little. I guess you know you you don't realize how good you have it where you can just any night of the week go out and see a show or do yeah. whatever, and people are like, oh I don't know I don't feel like going out or whatever, and they sit at home. I think for quite some time now we're gonna have people like. God, let's get the hell out of the house and go do something. And you're going to see a resurgence of people going to clubs and, and shows. And it'll, I think it'll bounce back really fast. Uh, I'm going to also kind of talk about uh, some of our, our favorite producers, especially some of your favorite producers, sure. guys that we've talked about, uh, Burge and, and Date and, and guys like that. Who Obviously, you're a Rick Rubin yeah, guy. I love Rick Rubin. Do you just like, and you, you touched on it, but I mean, is it just his style and is, is just the way he's kind of a free spirit with it? And it's just, he's, yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, you think about how the whole thing from like the Beastie Boys to Slayer and what was going on there. It's like, holy shit, that guy can do anything. He did wildflowers for Tom Petty. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. The, the width of style that that guy and that's what you want yeah. as a as a producer right yeah. that's what you want i mean and you're I, a true artist at that point you're one you're an artist at that point and he's not a he- he's not the heavy-handed guy who has all the answers he lets the artist be the artist i mean the, the red hot chili peppers records yeah. that he did yeah. and um you know the cult the right. acdc album he did right ball breaker ball breaker is killer i mean it's just so much stuff Boy, could you imagine being there? That was the first record back when, when Phil came back the first time with Rudd. Can you imagine that? That would uh, that have been a hell of a studio, Just huh? The, the, and his, I don't know. There's something about the style too that he. Uh, how like just dry and forward everything is. I right. I dig that a lot too. Yeah, no, just that's cool. Yeah. I could see why he would be one of your one of I your favorites. It. One yeah. of your favorites. Love him. And, and then uh, Brendan O'Brien too. Brendan O'Brien's amazing. Terry Date. He owned the '90s. Yeah, he did. Brenda did. He totally did. He, I mean, he owned and now he's it. doing those freaking Mastodon records that are yeah. just badass. I'm glad you brought that up because there's always so much talk of of especially with the '90s bands with like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and 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 Alice and all. Dude, Stone Temple Pilots. I mean, sonically and the way mm-hmm. those records sounded, so good. They could have. They they hung with. I, I'm. A, I mean, I'm a huge Wyland guy, and I put him as. 
uh, you know, as far as a front man goes. Yeah. And that whole band and that sound. I just, those records sounded amazing, those Stone Temple Pilot so records. Yeah. So That band was unbelievable. He did the Black Crows record. How long do you think that tour is going to last? How long do you think the brothers can hang? I don't know. Hopefully a long time, because I love them. I do, too. I do, too. Dirty Honey's on that. Good good on them mm-hmm. to snag that. Lovesick Radio was going to be on it last summer that got canceled. It got canceled. Yeah. Oh. Well, hey, we're only, it's, it's half full now. That's, we're at that right. point. So yeah. uh, a benefit show. Dorsey's like, hey, make sure, number one, that you get that test pressing to Joe. Yeah. But you also need, and it's something uh, close to your heart, and it's the, uh, the Rock uh, Wake benefit concert that's coming up here. Yeah. It's in June, right? It's in June, June 12th. Tell, tell the people about this. Okay, so um, there's a Cincinnati band called Smoke and Mirrors, killer band. Um, their guitar player and kind of the band leader Andrew Howard uh, just died. Very young guy. I think it was a cardiac situation. situation. Gotcha. So has little kids and he's, you know, so his bass player from a previous band that was Columbus based was called Broken Stone. Andrew Gray is putting together this benefit and it's up in Mount Vernon. It's for a great cause. It's for Andrew's family and his kids and his wife. And um, Bourbon Train, who's also on the QFM ninety six record, who I love. I uh, don't. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, and I look, and I don't want to. Pl- I don't want to sound like I'm playing favorites or anything. Um, we'll talk about that dude. off the air. But that was that was one of the first ones that caught my uh, my ear. Those when, guys are when, when so Dorsey cool. and I were going through them. That was the one that I was like, ooh, ooh, I, I like they're that. They're so good. Okay, I'm and sorry, but yes, no, they're going to be a part of it. Cat they bring it live yeah. too. Oh, they're cool! I can't wait to see it live. Can't well, can't wait um, to see them. Yeah, so Cattail and and Bourbon Train are doing that because um, some of the guys in Bourbon Train knew Andrew. Gotcha. So, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's on June 12th. Good deal. Yeah. Good deal, man. And it's you know, any in, in any way we can all help. Yeah. You know, in a situation for sure. like that. I think this might be the last one for you as we wrap it up. Flight pattern Bob. Isn't he a great part of the show? He's awesome. Chicago Midway. Chicago, what the big plane? This is 184 souls. Uh-oh. Twelve. Okay. You know why there's twelve babes on there? Because Justin Fields is on there, probably. He's coming back. He's coming home. He's coming home for a little while. Brought the babes with him. <laughs> So it's a, right, <laughs> Joe Veers. Thank you, man. Oh, dude, and thank you for all you did on this this hometown album, and it means a lot. And here's the thing, not just to the folks at QFM now, but I'm hearing the old school, the old guard. Yeah, as far cool. as Q, they are just excited, I'm they can't wait for this as well. Very just, honored to have been a part of it. Thank and you to man. be asked to do it. Just was really cool. So let's talk about this. Uh, Cattail Brew, if, uh, as far as people wanting to, to check out your, the music, people want to go see you guys, how can we, how can we find ourselves yeah, some Cattail up, Brew info? Get on Facebook and check out the Facebook page. All the stuff will be on there. We're going to film a video, too, here in the next few weeks, and part of it's going to be done right up the street at the old Cock and Bowl. At Summit and Broad in Pataskala. Oh my goodness! On the on the summit, we're gonna need people. Okay, so anybody right. that's interested. Come well, out. my gang uh, here, the Insulators, we're in. Cool. So is that cool? I mean, we yeah, might come out. We're actually gonna we're gonna let you guys have the rights to our image because <laughs> uh, we're kind of we're trademarked. It is what it is. The Insulators are we're legit. We're legit. All right. If I'm a young artist, if I'm an older artist and I want to make a record, I, I've got a song idea and I want to record and, and I want to be a part of, of Sonic Lounge, is that, 
is it how do we yes. how do we schedule time? How Sonic do we do studios.net. Um there's uh you can correspond on there. Um there's contacts for myself and the other engineers that work there. Cool. And if uh there's plenty of awesome studios in Columbus too. If if you're looking for something different, there's you're such a good dude. Damn it, man, Joe, you are man. There's so you're- many talented guys that have studios in this city. It's remarkable. So it's not just me. There's I got you. I got you. I'm sure there are a lot of talent yeah. guys, but they yeah. ain't Joe Veers. Whatevs. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, thank, it's great seeing you again. Dude. Awesome to see you too, buddy. Good deal, man. Hey, on the next episode of Garage Days, the authors from the new book, Nothing But a Good Time. The Uncensored History of the 80s Hard Rock Explosion. I've got both guys on the show next week. But until then, stay frosty. I'll have to check that out.